Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, welcome to A Light On. Uh, today, I'm happy to be talking to uh, Amanda Vollmer, uh, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. Um, she's a doctor of naturopathic medicine, um, holds a degree from Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto, and a BS in agricultural biotechnology. Did I get all that right? Oh, yeah, except uh, I'm not licensed by the college, so I don't claim their titles. Okay, you know, when you graduate, you go through this licensing process, which which I did. Um, but I had a mm, disagreement with the college back when, and uh, so now I'm independent. Oh, okay, interesting. That's very cool. Um, so, I, I I guess I first caught wind of you um, in the various videos that have been uh, circ- uh, circulating around this past like. 20 months or whatever it's been and um i gotta say um if you want your instagram or facebook taken down within seconds uh post uh, a video <laughs> from amanda Palmer because um you actually the last thing i posted before my instagram got destroyed uh was one of your videos um talking about hospitals i think it was um, so uh, I, I say that as a compliment because you you have these you know epic truth bombs uh, of videos and they're they're really great to listen to. And the thing I I love about you know listening to you is everything you say is not only you know um, relevant as far as health, but um, it's colored in a really deep understanding of uh, how the world actually works. Um, and what's really going on and who is running the world. So, um, yeah, what I, I guess I wanted to know what um, or how how long did you have you have you known these things or when did you first become aware of of, um, you know, the, the the fraud or whatever you want to call it happening in the world? When did you wake up? Well, I was in probably my second year of university when I really began to deeply um, question how things were run and, uh, and who's behind it. Um, I, I read a, a short book by Buckminster Fuller, and in that he was discussing the difference between those of the, the land and those of the sea, and he was discussing how the pirates of the sea had convinced us, um, us of the land, man, to... Uh, be part of their system by tricking us uh so we're actually of the sea in the admiralty system admiralty law and maritime law and put us into a debt slave uh, situation without us really outwardly knowing it 
And that was the first clue that there was something deep within what he said, even though it was technically like a fable. Um, I started to question from from that because my I'm very intuitive. And once I heard that, it it resonated with me. Um, and then I, I think further from that was uh, experiences with the medical establishment, um, especially witnessing them, um, you know, damaging my my grandparents and uh, mm. essentially killing them. Uh, and once I, I realized that they were it was a game. It wasn't really about healing um, and that they weren't supporting or promoting remedies that were growing outside of our, our houses, you know, um, I knew there was, there was more to the story and that just led me into a lot of deeper seeking and reading. And, and I was always interested in knowing existentially why I was here. I always felt like I was put here rather than you know, like a lot of people uh, just going about their lives without questioning deeper aspects. And I want to know why I wanted those answers. I've always been like that as well. I I really can't imagine not having that kind of curiosity, right? Uh, Well, you know, the very kind of base level curiosity about why you're here. And some people seem to just kind of float around without any, you know, no questions or no, they just accept the way it is. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the, the people who, who dig really deep into it um, are, are titled uh, conspiracy theorists, you know, but really they're just really intellectually curious and they, they want to know everything. Um, but going back to what you said about the, the allopathic system, were you interested at first in the allopathic system and then kind of like got deterred from it? Or did you always want to go toward the natural way. I was never really interested in, in that style of, of uh, treatment. I was more so interested in energy medicine the most because I was so sensitive, uh, especially to, to, um, you know, frequency, but also to animal life and, and the innocent, you know, of this world. Um, I, I felt very called into, um, you know, hands-on healing, for example, because my dad always felt intuitively when someone was ill, his hands would get really hot and he just knew to do a laying on of hands and to do prayer over that person. And so that was sort of my first introduction into other modalities. And that got me interested in, in, well, what, you know, what's that about? Why, why would that work or why would that help? Um, and then I read about Reiki and other types of um, energy healing modalities. And I was interested in the ancients and, and, and ancient Chinese medicine and all the Ayurvedic medicine and, and, and even astrology and these sorts of things. So I would just go into old bookstores and, and find the most obscure books I could find on those mm-hmm. topics and just start reading about them. Um, the conventional system didn't sit well with me in many ways, also because of what was done to me personally um, by, by attending them. Um, and really, it was just torture and, and never really resolving things. And you, you hear that story a lot of, uh, from healers yeah. and, and those who have, you know, woken up is, is that they, they go in innocently, thinking they're going to be assisted. And in fact, it's the opposite. And, and that 
shocks them out of the illusion that they were sold that those those industries and systems were there for them you know right and how did you realize that you were sensitive because you mentioned um, sensitivity to frequency um that's something i'm really interested in um i i talked to arthur furstenberg on the podcast before and you know he's he wrote the invisible rainbow he's done a lot of research on it and it's such a I mean, it's such an interesting thing. And he, he thinks that, you know, it's a major cause of, of diseases and, um, you know, plays a big part in, um, in all the pandemics and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we're talking about causation, if you're doing good science, you have to consider all the seen and unseen aspects. And you have to uh, throw your biases to the wayside and really be open-minded to other possibilities. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also the paradigm in, in which you're working um, and, and previous belief systems that have, you know, become foundational in, in future ideas. And that if that foundational idea is incorrect, then you could be standing on, you know, a garbage heap, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. it looks like it's valid because it's relating back to the rest of the garbage. So it seems like it makes sense. Um, but you really have to, to open your mind to other um, possibilities. And a lot of people don't have uh, lateral thinking skills or pattern recognition, you know, um, or to suspend their own biases when when they're looking at problems um and i always was a lateral thinker so you know what you know or or just the imagination aspect the creativity aspect like what if what if it was something else or what if we have energy fields then what happens when you're with a bunch of people and all those energy fields are overlapping and how does that play into health and, and disease you know um and what about adding in cell phone towers all over the place and what we know that affects migrational patterns and that's that's a a magnetic effect so what would that do then to us if we also are are vibratory beings and i don't think those questions are really that obscure i think they're very um cut and dry as far as if you're thinking from from the correct mindset of the unseen. And I always would make the analogy, you know, people, they don't see their radio signals coming into their radio. They don't see their television signals. They don't deny that that's coming in. So why would they deny other frequencies and other signals coming from devices or even your own uh, electrical outlets and, and, and how that can affect you um, and, and what, what studies have been done and what, what sort of knowledge base do we have so that when we're looking at a problem we've included all of these things into our our research and um instead of just pigeonholing into what the mainstream thinks is going on they have such a problem with with things like that i mean why do you think it is that they're they're so stuck on i mean this one system it seems like they're really kind of cool with just standing in one place forever you know and and these things that you can't you know immediately see are just like shucked off to them you know what is it about the allopathic system that the, i mean it's like they don't really ever want to advance in any kind of real way Mm-hmm. Is there a certain type of person you think that that is gra- like gravitates toward allopathic medicine or 
What is it? Well, there's different types of nervous systems and different types of um, displays of how people um, work with their reality. So, for example, there are people who are very rigid in, in their thinking. Um, and and I, I really, I studied a lot of astrology because I was trying to figure out subtypes of personalities just to answer that same question. Like, why are people, some people so headstrong and stubborn or slow to learn or slow to adapt, but others, you know, are more flowing or it's easier for them to figure out something new or it's easier for them to I- include a new thought form or idea into their paradigm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's so many factors that are included in that. Um, upbringing and also th- the way they eat, the way they their lifestyle is, um, the way they've developed their ego, um, also, and what what their life investments have been into what they think they're here to do. So, I found that the most striking difference is those who have the the spiritual aspect anchored, and they do this the work on the self. And they know that you know your your interactions with your reality are fluid meaning that you create your reality by the way you interact and those who don't don't have faith they don't understand their spiritual side and they don't um understand the subtle um they can't read through their intuitive bodies so they're blocked and so they they don't trust when information comes through other sources, right? For for example, pe- people who have gut feelings, right? When you mm-hmm. know when your gut says no, and you don't know why, per se, but you trust it. You've learned to 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 hone a skill set inside of yourself to know when something's right or wrong, aside from a, a moral uh, or ethical side, right? Mm-hmm. And and I came in with a lot of that already developed, and I know a lot of other sensitive people who just to survive had to figure out how to work through things and energies and emotions in a way that was um, balancing themselves or, or, or helping instead of throwing out of balance and becoming angry or becoming violent or becoming or shutting it down or locking it away, you know, and, and understanding the self. So without, I think a lot of those people haven't done the work on themselves. And, and so everything becomes the um, external projection, that's, that's reality. And that's it. That's, that's their life. And the internal part (laughs) is irrelevant. And those people must have a very difficult time in their lives. They must have a lot of drama because they're not learning what the feedback is, which is to then always integrate it with the self and what the lessons are and what what the the reasons why that happened in your life are and you know and to to notice when your ego has a deeper desire or a deeper need i mean i remember chasing internal needs into myself as a teenager you know sure. well if i if i'm after something well why you know what what is it about me wanting something um, that desire, what's the, the deeper reason? Okay, well, there's another reason there. Okay, what's the deeper reason even to that? You know, what do you not feel inside of you that's fulfilled that you feel the need to, you know, act out a certain way? And, and that's a self-reflective um, way of, of living. And, and a lot of those who are very stuck 
I, I don't see them really involved in a lot of that reflective work. Right. <laughs> Self-reflection is huge. If you don't have that, I think that's, yeah, you're missing a huge, a huge part of your development for sure. Um, as far as astrology, how would you explain it to people who maybe don't really believe much in that sort of thing? Because I, you know, I got to say most of my life, I thought there was maybe something to it, but I didn't, I don't know, I didn't think really much of it. But now as I've learned more about like frequency and the like electromagnetic nature of everything, um, is it sort of like, you know, when you're born, there's like an imprint of that frequency type of thing? Is that how you would explain it? Yeah, I always felt um, once you are uh, released from the waters of your of your mother uh, and you are now land upon the land, you are imprinted upon from the firmament, from the stars. So that imprinting and the, the wandering stars as well, which people call planets. So those those in, that imprint um, is like a stamp upon your ego. And it's the mark of your lessons and experiences that you're going to traverse in the light in your lifetime. And there's, um, there's the 12, there's the, there's multiple aspects of your external self, your internal self, your communication skills, how you have relationships, all of those things as, um, as one of the aspects of your learning and growth, and uh, you're meant to, to master them. And the chat, those are your, your challenges, you know, in life. And when you develop yourself and you overcome your ego, then the astrology isn't as uh, vital because you can even overcome your astrology to a, to a certain degree when you do that, where you don't get pulled into the karmic eddies and the drama of your persona. Uh, you master the persona and you know when, what your tendencies and habits are. You know, so, or even on the other side, you, you, you use them to your advantage. You, you, you make them as a benefit to you, you know, as a, for example, as a, a Leo sun sign, I have the ability to be able to present. I have, I have the, 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 that side of myself that I can do that. I can step out, you know, with a bunch of people and present and, and be clear. Right. And so knowing that's part of the profile I can work on that. I can help myself be better at that because I always wanted to improve. And but another uh, sun type that doesn't express the same way might have that might be horrifying to them. It might be uncomfortable or not their skill set. You see, so so it's something as a I do see it like an imprint. And and even Crow says, uh, if you know Crow, um, he says that we are reincarnated. Twelve to the power of twelve, or, or this many times into each um, sun sign, and we have to master them all before we ascend. So we we have to keep coming back and doing this all of the dance until we hone the soul. So this is like a gift that we've been given from the divine to become individuated souls. And in order to do that, there's this this dance that we go through, this progression. And until we master all of those intricacies, which I find fascinating as a thought. So I have to do this all again. (laughs) I don't want to. I'm in the the same years alone, Amanda. I don't know. I know. I, I say the same thing pretty much every day that 
I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other options? I'd like to know. Yeah. Use them. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. I, I, I say that to my girlfriend all the time, though, about death. She actually just had somebody really close to her die. And so I try to tell her, you know, it's just going back, just energy returning back, you know. Um, how do you feel about death? I mean, you kind of just explained it, but how, how would you explain death to somebody who's terrified of it? Well, you were born, right? So you don't remember before you were born, but here you are and you were born and you went through something quite serious to be born. And the transition in and out of this place is, you know, has been described as basically just like waking up out of a dream, you know? Mm. Um, and if you think about it for, you know, I've, I've done some deep philosophical <laughs> dives into this on many levels. Um, but if you think about it, we, we cannot not exist. So you cannot end. Um, once you are, you, you always are. And, um, so you just continue, you continue on in your journey into either you are reborn and the more conscious you are, I mean, the Tibetans believe that the life that they, that they're given is to work toward death. And so if you've ever read the Tibetan book of the living, the dying, that is a powerful um, testament to this mastery, the mastering of the soul. And you use life to master death. And then you can control things a little more because you're more conscious it's the unconscious that gets sucked into all these different places. But the more you are conscious, then you can choose better and you can make better decisions. That's just another idea because we've forgotten. The whole part of this is we have to forget because if we really remembered everything, we probably just I don't, might not do our job that we're here to do, right? We might yeah. just eat bonbons on a lounge chair all day and wait for it to take us back, you know? A lot of people do, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh. I, but, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, but, you know, death is hard for us, the living, because we witness the change and we have a hard time adapting to loss and we, when we love you know, we're going to feel that. And that's perfectly normal to go through those emotions because we're, we're going to master emotions. Um, and, but to understand that we can still communicate with those who have crossed over. And um, there's a lot of evidence of this. And one of the things that I was very passionate about in my first year of university was studying people who had crossed over or died and then they were brought back you know, whether they, they were resuscitated or whatnot. And they all have a very similar story to tell that it's beautiful. They feel at peace. They feel love like they've never felt. They know everything's okay. You know, they're happy. They're in joy. They, they, they understand the things. And, um, and, and it's always like that. It's never, you know, terrifying (laughs) when they bring back those stories. And I I had to know that I had to, when I was at that age, I needed to understand that it was okay, that death was just part of this existence. And you've died so many times, you would (laughs) 
you're a pro. We're a pro at it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's amazing. I did. I did hear some of those stories years ago um, through like documentaries or whatever. I can't remember them now, but yeah, they're always really fascinating. Um, Do you have any good sources to share on that for anybody who's interested? Uh, have to think back because it's been a while since I've looked. I mean, actually, I joined a, a, an interesting group, Life After Death, on Facebook just okay. to, you know, hear people's stories because I always wanted to hear the continuation. And there was actually, I think it was on CBC in Canada here, um, there was a really beautiful docu uh, podcast series on um those who have crossed over and 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 the science like they'd been doing science on it um I'll, I'll see if i can try to recall the name of it but uh it was brilliant it was really well done um as far as books and so forth um i'll, I'll again i'll have to consult some of my lists from from back then um mm-hmm. i don't have anything top of mind but uh you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information about it. You just have to dive in if that's of interest, you know. I recently picked up some books. I haven't gotten to them yet, but uh, from Rudolf Steiner, I don't know if you've read any of him, but he seems really like in tune to that whole type of thing. He seems like a really fascinating guy. I was wondering if you had, had read up on him at all. I had, um, I was interested very much in permaculture and, um, and the and the type of teaching that he was discussing so i have read uh, quite a bit of his, his stuff um i know I, there's some questions that you know with everything take it with a grain of salt you know some people mm. say he was an occultist and this sort of stuff so we have yeah. to be aware of those who don't follow um good guidance like they'll use occult things or magic to manipulate you know, the external projection, which you you really are not to do. Um, Ultimately, when you're learning, you, you use the internal guidance system, or you, you hone your manifestations from the inside, and then that projects outward to the projection, but you're not supposed to manipulate the external projection directly that has karmic consequences. Mm. Um, And that's, that's considered magic. So magic is when you manipulate the external now there's magic you could argue that's neutral uh or like white magic green magic you know when you're so say i'm taking herbs and i'm blending them to make a medicine you could call that you know a green magic if you wanted to because i'm i'm manipulating the external to get an end result right Mm -hmm. but uh you're doing it for good you're not doing it to uh for personal gain or to to hurt someone or to manipulate someone in a bad way or anything like that and um so they're they're fascinating discussions and and ideas but it comes down to figuring out your system your body how it works the the chakra system and how to clean it enough and vibrate it correctly and then the answers start to come and you'll get more so instantaneous knowledge and that's the other, you know, when we were talking about people who know and don't know, that's the other part where sometimes you just immediately have a knowledge inside of you. And it's not, you don't have a thought thinking process that goes with that. It's, it's just this, it's there, that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where we are meant to be, I think. I think we've descended. I think we've fallen 
for what this place really was or was intended to be. Um, And we're remembering, we're, we're, we're starting to get some of our memories back in how to, you know, fix this and um, get our telepathy back and our other skill sets that we know we have. Um, And that's, that's probably one of the bigger goals and how I see it is that in order to master anything, you have to, it's like a pendulum. And I've used this analogy before where you, you, you see it usually at the beginning, you, you have it and then you lose it and you go the other pendulum swing until you master it. And that's the, the center the neutral. Um, and I think we're doing this, we do it individually. And I think we also do it as, as a mass, as a, as a, as a, as man, as well. So there's the micro and the macro that's happening at the same time. And I think part of what we're going through now is that where we're really losing the collective mind. Yeah. (laughs) And because we we used to have it and and we fall and we, we rise and we fall until we figure out how to end this degrading corruption that ends up sneaking in that how the evil sneaks in and that's all coming from the unconscious mind um that's not resolved and and when we resolve that we can we can have the next level of the game or the next level of the progression yeah and i wanted to since you talk about uh, magic there's definitely some black magic going on right now um with the whole covid thing um What's your take on on that, you know, all of that going on? It seems like there's, re- I mean, it seems so hopeless some days that we'll ever really get out of it. Um, how did this happen? <laughs> what did you, how, how do you feel about all of it? Well, yeah, <laughs> there's definitely a, a psychological warfare, Um you know, we, we do operate if we're unconscious, it's very easy to figure out how an animal um, behaves based on cues. I mean, Pavlov figured it out. There were, there were lots of scientists who, you know, mastered the manipulation of, of man. I don't like to use human because it's not really who we are. Hmm. Um, And, uh, and they're doing that. They're, they're successfully doing that to a lot of the population. Yeah. And it's because they are not doing that work I mentioned where they're self-reflective and they're, um, you know, getting a handle on fear and they're easy to, you know, be manipulated by narcissists essentially. So they've not worked themselves through to that level of adulthood where they can take self-responsibility. They're still handing over responsibility to other parties. And unfortunately, they're parties that don't have their best interests in, in mind. So, um, so that's why we're seeing that in, in a very interesting group dynamic that's because um, there's the social aspect, there's the individual aspect and, and the social aspect. So the social aspect is very demented. Um, yeah. And uh, it's it's hard to watch. <laughs> it's painful to, yeah. to watch because once the, the mind control is, is embedded, um, it's not an easy fix because they've adapted their belief system, you know, to mm-hmm. 
to whatever the story is and they they are clinging to it because they have nothing else there to cling to yeah other than that the fear would be too great to step back and say oh whoops they there's no evidence of isolation of a virus. Oh, wait a second. So this is all bullshit. Okay. You know, they can't do that because their narrative is what is their touchstone of safety that they've been, you know, manipulated into believing. And it, for them to go off of their raft into the abyss, they would rather die. And a lot of them will because of that. So it's, it's not an easy time to be here. Because we have to witness their ignorance and their deaths, ultimately, because how can you continually survive um, an onslaught on so many levels? Um, you know, we're very adaptive and we're very powerful, our, our bodies, <laughs> but we do have limits, obviously. And you can't keep injecting poisons into people uh, and denying them basic knowledge of, of biochemistry, of their nutrition. And then poison that nutrition and then poison that air and poison that water and, and poison the, at the, the ether and, and expect that to somehow be wonderful. So. <laughs> right. It is, it's scary to watch. I mean, I'm in New York city and it's like, I mean, I don't even know how much longer I can, <laughs> I can take oh. it. Um, and it really is, you know, these people are just like, just shrouded in a blanket of ignorance and it's they're so fast asleep but sometimes i notice that it's just one little thing if you touch on the but it's the you know it has to be the right thing they can wake up or at least question something but it's super hard you know i i witness it very rarely but some people you know they just they never questioned anything they just went along with it so the first time anybody comes along and says something different it's like a i mean it's a it's mind-blowing to them you know I, I talked to this woman in my in my deli and uh she said something about one of the products being bad for you and i, and I pointed to her mask i was like you know this is bad for you too and she's like yeah you know you're right and, and then i had this really brief conversation with her and she said you know i have goosebumps like i have goosebumps talking to you and it was just a couple minute conversation you know because she you could tell she just never had any conversation or interaction with somebody who wasn't just fast asleep and plugged into the you know mainstream media mm -hmm. so i feel like there are people like that out there but then there are people who are just like like okay man <laughs> like good luck to you you know yeah it's the great awakening i mean it's a there's a line in the sand though because you know the great awakening's been happening for a long time <laughs> it, 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 the event the 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 scam event it was just the pressure point the awakening's already been happening for a long time you know and those who want to they'll get the cues and they'll they'll feel the trigger and they'll feel the pull and they'll listen to it and those who who get those triggers and block them and block them and block them and deny they're in very hard difficult positions right now because they were given grace they're given opportunity to do it many times and they chose to stay in ignorance and so it's it's their own choices ultimately because of free will so if they if they choose to listen to someone in in a deli 
talk about hurting themselves by restricting their air, the very thing that keeps them alive. Um, that might be a, a little kernel for them where it stays, it sits and it stays. Okay. And then they may listen if another kernel comes mm-hmm. and add to that. And that might be the, the very weight that helps them shift out of the paradigm and start to really have an aha moment for themselves. Right. But if they're surrounded in ignorance, then they're going to always appeal to their peer group. They're not going to be able to go out on their own and face the, the backlash of that, uh, that action because they feel more safe and secure in the illusions because they, they need their peers. So when you weaken a group where they're so reliant on others for their emotional needs like that, then again, they're not going to want to wake up. They would rather, they'll lie to themselves to that degree. And they'll know, they'll know it's bad for them. There's a lot of, you'll see a lot of behaviors where people are doing things that knowingly are bad for them. And they're making those decisions for themselves because they feel they have to. And so it's not to say that they're bad people because they make those decisions. They're rationalizing it for themselves, right? But at some point, it'll become too painful. Like as James True says, you know, it's too much calories, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to be burnt up to hold the lie. And then they'll have, they'll have their own awakening moment. And I've seen it. I've seen people just, they divorce, they move. That's it. They're done. They pack their bags and they're, they're out. It's becomes intolerable for them to live the lie anymore. Yeah. Do you still on a daily basis, try to like, you know, just your everyday life besides your teaching and all that, try to wake people up or have you gotten to the point where you're just like, it's not worth the energy? I, how I, you know, guide myself is um, I I really try to listen to divine guidance and I surrender to divine every day. So I, I, I I ask for forgiveness every day for any mistakes that I may have made in assuming something either about someone or, um, or any habits that I have still working on. I got one of the habits I had was of rescuing people or animals or anything. And really why, why I was doing it is that when I dove deeper into myself, I was just trying to rescue my inner child. So I was doing it outwardly, but it was actually selfish. And you think it's not. So you'll see that. You'll see narcissists, for example, very giving, you know, helping, doing wonderful things for others. But, w- but why are they doing it? And it's because there's an aspect of themselves that they're trying to get to and, and heal. Um, and it's about them. So it's actually selfish, which is fine because they're just trying to heal. Right. So understanding that, that I was a rescuer. Now I watch and I don't rescue because I don't want to meddle in somebody's um, free will decisions because I don't want to make karma for myself. And I don't want to, it's like, helping a butterfly struggling to get out of, of, of the chrysalis. Right. Mm. And if you do that, you'll, they will die. Right. So I don't want to meddle. Meddling is the worst. That's what conventional medicine does. Metals. It just makes messes where there were not, we're none, <laughs> or instead of just guiding, there's a difference guiding, supporting, 
um, allowing a boundary, supporting a boundary, <clears throat> uh, listening to when someone's asking you to help them genuinely, that's then that's a call that's different, right? So you don't have to answer every call. I had to learn that as a healer because I the burnout was so just terrible. I thought I'm doing something wrong. I, I'm helping and helping and helping and, and more people help me, help me. And I realized that I was giving parts of my life force away to them to rescue them. And my rescuing just got subtler and more clever and <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I actually had to completely stop seeing clients um, because I couldn't, I'm not figuring it out enough or I'm not, I, I have to learn what it is so that when I'm uh, ready again, I can go forward in a method that is going to really serve all and not hurt, hurt the self to, to do the giving, right? Because that's not really love and it's not really um, honoring what we are. So I see, I see those behaviors a lot and we have to watch, again, motive, underlying motive and what, what you're trying to, trying to do and how you're trying to serve others. That's an amazing point. Yeah. And I, I learned that about myself as well, especially with relationships when I was younger. You know, I was a rescuer and I found myself um, being damaged because of it. So you have to watch out that you're not damaging yourself at the same time. But it is it is hard, you know, I feel, and I I feel bad for the children, most of all, you know, because they depend on, you know, the adults and they, they have no no real say in it, you know, so that's hard for me. But, but I, yeah, I I fall in line with everything else you say, I think, um, where it's just kind of like, yeah, you have to let them, let them go through that struggle, maybe, or it's not your business. Well, the children, children um, have their guardians. So uh, up until the age of 12, children have their, their angelic hosts and their, um, their personal guardians to protect them. So they're not alone. They're not alone and they're not abandoned. And I had communication with one of mine when I was young. Um, like I could see her and speak with her and I never felt alone at all. Even, even if my parents weren't emotionally available, it didn't matter because I had my emotional available uh, guide. Um, so there's, there's more behind the scenes than I think we, we acknowledge um, and then also, again, if you feel a call, if a child, anytime a child comes to me, I'm prepared, I'm mm-hmm. ready to offer. It's, it's a different energy. Yeah. Um, and their karma hasn't come on, the karma doesn't begin until around the age of 12 as well. So um, it's a different, it's, it's a different expression of where they're at in their development. Hmm. I, w- I want to go into the, the or the COVID stuff, but how do you how do you suppose these people who are perpetrating that whole thing are are really escaping karma? Uh, I mean, I find it hard to believe that they just you know I know they love to uh, put the information out there ahead of time, you know, and then they kind of like invert it. Mm-hmm. Um, how you know can they really get away with that? <laughs> it's like you know, I don't think they get away with anything. Um, I think they pass, I think they um, use black magic to transfer out and try to pin the tail on the donkey of somebody else. I think they use so much black magic that they, they 
they like their perpetual rolling debt system, if you've noticed. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing with the karma. They just perpetuate it and put it off and off and off as 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 prolonged as they can until, of course, the day of collapse, which is coming. I think that's what we're in. I think that's why they're they're doing what they're doing now. Yeah. Is because if they don't reset this again they're going to lose and they're going to lose the biggest because, <laughs> because the debt will come back to them and they're done. They'll, they'd be gone at that point. And so they have to get rid of the adults, manipulate the children like they've done before, lie, rewrite the history, the whole thing, um, and keep, keep the debt rolling forward into their systems. Um, because I don't think they have what we have. Um, they have to use us for creation. They have to use our, our creative energy because they've been cut off from source. And uh, so it's it's different for them, I think, at this point. But regardless, we know what's going on in the 3D. We know it's wrong, obviously. We know that they're doing terrible, terrible, evil <laughs> things that... Uh, are I, I gasp at how <laughs> at it because wow it's it's so blatant um, yeah. and it's so obvious to those who can see right um, and shocking how <laughs> just how nasty it is and um, but at the same time you know there's all these perspectives and dimensions that we can look at it and we're trying to master for ourselves we're there's a mastery afoot here right. So how can we take the higher ground and the mastery and look at it from that lens? And if you didn't have um, duality, you know, there's I, I, one of the earliest things when I was a child, I was trying to understand duality, you know, um, and, and how could you have, you know, one emotion if you don't have the other to sort of compare. Sure. And it's a lot like that with what they're doing as well. And so one could argue that it's all service because the suffering and the animosity and the polarization is part of everything that's changing. You know, it's part of the duality and we're getting, I think we're, we're going to move through duality and into a different way. That's my, my sense. Um, or at least for those of us who are going to maybe move along. And how do you know that you've moved along? You just, your reality changes. You don't know if the old is there or not. Like, what's the philosophy where, you know, if you leave the room, does the room really exist? You know, right. <laughs> not seeing it, right? Sure. These sorts of questions. Um, and I see it as a purge, as a massive healing. Um, and uh, also the, the apocalypse, which is to, to see all of which has been hidden. And we are, I mean, look at it. Look at what we're seeing. I mean, never before have we seen it like this. Right. We can we can visualize all the players. We know all the names of them all. Um, it's it's identified for us. So we're going to became, become more conscious and bring it into the group consciousness and dissolve it at some point. So it's bad and it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certainly, you know, good aspects to everything. Yeah, you can definitely see it that way. Do you believe in the the whole biblical aspect of everything then that, you know, a lot of people talking about the revelations and all that? I've never been super 
religious, but a lot of that stuff has become interesting to me. Well, these are the the same groups who wrote that Bible. They're they already they predicted it. So of course Revelations is gonna be true. They wrote it and they knew what they were gonna do. Right. So if you want to know their plans, it's there because they wrote it. Um, if you want to know what the the embedded truth is, because they have to, oh, they have through through free will, they have they have to give you the option of of knowing, right? If you have eyes to see, mm-hmm. and it's all in there, it's all encoded in in prophecy and Bible. How to, you know, even down to like. Uh, I use linen. I use a lot of linen, right? That's in the Bible. It talks about not mixing linen with wool, right? Because mm-hmm. they have the same frequency, but in opposite running currents, and they'll they'll cancel each other out. So you don't wear wool and linen together. It's like seven, six or seven times in the Bible says not to wear them together, right? Why would it? Why would that be there? So all of these these elucidations about this reality are there because they had to give this. Um, this sort of uh, tacit consent and at least give us an, a way of figuring it out. Um, so, so that, that, that document, those texts and everything that's way back, you know, written um, for, for, for mystery schools and those who were, have eyes to see. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, then the prophecies are coming to task because they knew astrology and they knew ends of epochs and changeovers from timelines. And we're, we're at the end of one of them and in the beginning of a new one. And anytime you have a reset like that, there's an opportunity. So there's a big change and you have an opportunity to take over a people or a landmass or, or conquer something. Uh, they're very wise to it. They, they know, they know what all that is and how to manipulate it. And because they've been given the secret knowledge through their family lineages, mm-hmm. and we've been cut off from that. So, right, that's an excellent explanation, and I, I agree with that. It does. It did always seem like you know their <laughs> kind of roadmap to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So you are a terrain person, um, and I, I am as well. Um. So you don't believe that in in viruses, right? And um germs as the cause of disease when did you uh when did you discover that and um how how do you explain contagion to people who still don't get it well it was a long time coming because of my internal senses and my sensitivities of course that helped i think lay the groundwork for me to see it Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't really until the study of homeopathy and isopathy um, that uh, helped me to go start questioning this idea. Um, <clears throat> because once I learned uh, through through this system, uh, isopathy, that essentially we have uh, lineages in our bodies that um, can become pathological or can revert or change shape into that which helps us. To me, that meant that the germ, uh, first of all, it's our, it's born of us um, or of life, and it is pleomorphic or polymorphic, which means it is shape changing. It's a, it's a, it, it morphs into other things from one thing, and that 
I worked with for a long time with um, trying to balance the terrain of the body. Uh, so if someone was expressing a disease state, I was trying to present to them a way of balancing out their internal lineages mm-hmm. um, that are developed through childhood and also from the mother. Um, or even, even having soil microorganisms like my daughter eating dirt, and I knew she, that was a reflex and to let her eat the dirt when she was you know, six months old um, because that would, that would seed her gut and that would help her body understand her environment, right? Rather than think it's dirty, it's bad, stop that. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, that was the, the real part that never, I, I was questioning it and I was even, I knew antibiotics were deadly and I was never supportive of that. I knew there was all kinds of natural remedies that would balance things out um, if, if things got crazy. But it was, it was, it was that question in around 2016, 17 is when I started to do more research on it. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, we were driving and I said, you know, I'm going to go, I got my next research project. I said, is this virus thing? I got to, <laughs> I got to, because everything I was taught in school, basically I unschooled myself. I went through every belief system that they told me because now I trust nothing. I trust none of them. So that means it's probably 180 in the other direction. So I started breaking down every single belief system. And I was like, I haven't got to the virus thing yet, but I am, I, I know I've got, there's more to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started researching history and pasture and the fraud of pasture. Yeah. And, and even before that time and what beliefs were also Chinese medicine helped me a lot because they don't really have contagion in the models. It's, it's really all about the organ systems being in balance or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only uh, infection gate is the wind gate in the back of the neck. And that's literally caused by wind or by cold temperatures, you know, affecting one of the entry points of chi in the back of the neck that can cause you to have a scratchy throat and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's an imbalance point. Um, so it's not even an, it's not even a contagion. It's just an, it's an exposure mm-hmm. that weakens the chi and it stops the proper flow in the body. And then you start to get the scratchy throat and, and, and symptoms, right? So that too, I was like the Chinese had a different, um, way of explaining when things go out of homeostasis. And then I found, um, Stefan Lanka's work yeah. and that was where I needed to go. <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I needed to, to um, find, I, I knew, I was like, there has to be a somebody, a virologist or an immunologist or somebody who's come out and said, this is bull crap, right? Once I realized there's questions, I went to, to I found, and I'm like, there he is. There's, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's German, because I'm half German. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. The Germans say figure these things out. A lot of my, a lot of my, uh, my healer, uh, inspirational, you know, doctors are German. Yeah. And <laughs> Dr. Homer, you know, there's just so many wonderful German new German medicine, doctors. right? Yep, yeah. Semmelweis and all of these wonderful doctors. So I, I just started reading his work and I just devoured as much as I could find, which was actually quite difficult uh, back then to even find anything. Now everything's blown up because of, of this, this uh, scamdemic thing. True. So I, I 
then I started ordering books and questioning uh, more and it just made so much sense. And then when I, when I found about the somatid cycle the, in our bodies and I took that to the next level, <clears throat> it really helped me go, okay, this is what's happening. You can't, you, and anyway, I was, in, I was, I hated vaccines from way before because my brother was severely damaged by, by vaccines. Mm -hmm. And so was I, I already knew those were fraud. And I'd already been speaking out about that for a long time and the cancer fraud industry and the HIV cyst thing. I knew that was all bunk too. And then I found his measles stuff and I was, oh, there's no measles isolation proven in a court of law and appeals. You know, there's no, there's no, you can't, it isn't there. You have to have the white papers that show that that exists and that causes disease. And then, you know, finding out that Koch's postulates were changed to like tweak it and it just went on and on. So that helped me um, just in that instantaneous, you know, aha, where uh, now we have it. Now this is the truth. And just started to teach, you know, from there, once whatever I learned, I would teach uh, going forward. And, and it all started to make sense that these are not particles of disease processes, um, meaning that they don't cause it or they don't aren't contagious, mm -hmm. um, that our bodies are making um, uh, changes to get rid of wastes and toxins um, to, to balance out pH as well. And electrical systems, is, uh, which is never really even talked much about. I mean, when I was trying to learn how do you really heal, heal cancer? Cause I'm going to, we're healing cancer. So I got to figure out what is it? Mm -hmm. One of the components was the electrical component. And uh, without that, you don't, it's, it's more difficult to heal from cancers. And so I'd buy all these gadgets. I bought Rife machines and I bought molecular enhancers and I bought all this stuff because I knew that that electrical aspect was what helped the cells communicate and once you have cellular communication, you have rapid healing. Hmm. And um, so same idea, like how can you, it just start, stop making any sense. Like how can you just randomly walk outside, you know, someone coughs or something, there's particles in the air, you're supposed yeah. to inhale that. And then now the thing, but there's only one virus, not like there's apparently, you know, trillions of them, but in that one sputum, there's only the one. Hmm. And that one only likes the, t the specific tissue, you know, so it has to find its way <laughs> to the tissue and then go after it. And like, that's just, that is just not how life works at all. You don't, first of all, you'd have to be vulnerable in the first place. Your tissue would have to already be very, very damaged for any of that to even be real. Hmm. Um, and so, so just one by one, breaking down what the belief system was and realizing that it has no science to support it, that all the science that's written is again, the garbage foundation is the lie and everything else is fluff that supports the original premise, but is not true science. Hmm. So, I mean, when pe people insist that, you know, they're in a room full of people or, you know, somebody gets them sick, uh, do you think there's something to that? Is it electrical or resonance? What do you believe about the whole you know, contagion thing? Because that's one of the most difficult conversations to have with, with people who are still in germ theory. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I think there are a couple of things that people have the hardest time with. One are childhood expressions like measles and mumps and rubella and all that kind of stuff. People, they just can't get their head around it. Um, and polio, fake polio. Um, but also um, they, because they've been re- reading garbage. That's mainly why they've been reading a, a bunch of false history. Uh, the other part is that people don't think laterally. Like I was saying, they don't, they can't extrapolate that maybe there's another causate common uh, exposure that to those people that's caused them to become ill. And also they've discounted, they know there's a placebo effect, but they, they only use the placebo effect when they want to discount natural medicine, but they never use it to their stuff. Right. Like, well, if you believe that, and I used to do this because now as a healer, I would see sick people day in and day out. And, you know, they would come in with symptoms and I would be like, whoa, you know, stay away. Like, I don't want to get your thing. (laughs) Already, I believe that I could get their thing. So right there, that's a vibration that matches. And I could easily pick up that and believe that and be worried and be stressed that I was exposed and all of these things. And that that nocebo or placebo effect is real. Yeah. (laughs) And I started studying German new medicine because I knew that the beliefs that we hold, you know, create our reality and our health as well. Same, same story. So there's that, okay. There's a belief. And then, but then you, you can put placebo aside with like children and animals and other, you know, where they don't believe it. Right. And again, we have fields, we have energy fields that interact with others and I, as a practitioner, a hands-on healer practitioner of all kinds of different modalities and, and sensitive to that and able to feel that people have the worst uh, energy hygiene ever. I mean, they got holes in their fields. They've got all kinds of junk that they're carrying around. Um, if you read Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan, amazing book. She was a seer. She could see the fields and she could see what was clogged. She could see two people having a conversation and someone who's uh, was projecting onto another person, what it would do to their energy field, or if someone was dumping emotion onto them that they would take it on. Right. Mm -hmm. So same thing, you walk into a room and everybody's grumpy, you're going to start feeling grumpy, right? There's more ways to pick up things than just some physical material, which we've been told a big you know, saga about. So if you can start to, the mind has to start to think about other ways in which you could feel similarly to another person. And as an empath, I can tell you many times I have picked up arthritis, <laughs> tumorous growths, um, rashes, um, all kinds of moods, you name it from other people telling me how they were feeling. So the mind is very powerful and not to be underestimated. Um, 
And then as well is another phenomenon that I've noticed, uh, which is a tribal or genetic connection because the genetic uh, material, it resonates very similarly. So for example, if I take genetic material and I put it into my Rife machine and I put a, co- a, put a frequency toward it, the person, obviously the individual will feel the, the, the frequency even at a distance, uh, but also their family members might as well, because say their child has, you know, half that DNA. And so they could also have effects of the Rife machine because the of the DNA matching. And in families, there's also a harmonization that happens. So when you live together with people, or you see this with women in their menstrual cycles, right. the cycling, right? There's hormone signals and there's pheromone signals that match you as a group dynamic. So imagine you have one person who's really sick and needs to detox. And all it took was them to go to a wedding and eat the sugary, you know, wedding cake. And that set them over the edge to have an expression of wastes. And that's the mucus formation and all the symptoms and maybe chest congestion and all this, because the body's trying to get rid of a toxic load. Um, But now you come home in your, in your vibrational field of your family, and you're going through now a detox you can trigger others into their detox. And it's usually dependent on other factors. So for example, seasonal changes. So we're going through seasonal change right now. That's often a trigger for people to say, oh, winter's coming. It's you better detox now because the winter is going to stress you or challenge you. And you want to be ready for that. So it's best to get the gunk out so you can survive the winter or be strong mm-hmm. for the winter. And you'll see families go down together, except for one usually, which maybe the mother or father doesn't get sick and they take care of the tribe and then they'll go down after everyone's recovering and they'll go through their purge. And you see this pattern a lot. So just because we have a pattern, right? If we did really good science, we wouldn't just assume that it was because of a particle that got transferred between people, right? right? You could do good science where you actually had those people living together vibrationally but maybe there was the plexiglass or whatever in between them or something. Mm. And then you'd see the same phenomenon, right? But there was no contagion because there's no, no agent of contagion. It was the vibrational field triggering them genetically or otherwise, or pheromone, the pheromones would have to be in question. You have to test that to see if that was part of it as well to, to trigger them into a mass group healing. Because as hunter gatherer types, we would be nomadic and we would always move to find food and that's built into us. And so it's, it's better if everyone gets their purge done kind of together rather than a staggering effect, because if you have to move for food and you're going to starve, it's best if, if, if you're, you know, all sick together rather than one, then another, then another, and now you're starving and another sick and you can't move yet because that person's sick. Right. So there's other, there's other things to begin to think about. So, and we haven't done those, that science. So mm-hmm. there's all new avenues where we can start to look at research to, to prove other ways. There's uh, definitely of, not of a lot sick. of research on it, but my, my question with that whole thing is, you know, if that, if this energy field affects people, as you say, you know, why don't we see it more? You know, like we have um, the famous experiments, the Ro- Rosenau experiments, right, from the Spanish flu. I mean, there you had people, you know, being injected with, 
um, all manner of, you know, mucus and blood and what have you. And they, they couldn't get anybody sick. And, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the mental state was all, also there. You know, these people were being were prepared and primed for getting sick with the most deadly flu ever. And nobody got sick. So, you yeah. know, why didn't we why didn't why don't we see things like that in, in those situations? Well, there were there were experiments done where because um, it was done usually they don't tell you whether you're getting placebo or not, right? Mm -hmm. So that person's neutral. But there was a one of those experiments where the gentleman, one of the gentlemen, caught wind of the nurses saying that he was going to get the 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 real one, um, or he thought he was going to get the real one, and mm -hmm. but he wasn't. He was in the placebo group, and he started to show symptoms. Right. And the second he was told he was in the placebo group, his symptoms disappeared immediately. So um, we'd have, to, like, if you see how those controlled experiments were done, they're not going to tell them whether they're getting something real or not, but they were exchanging, they were coughing in each other's faces and there was that yeah. kind of behavior as well. So um, again, if you're told, if you're, if you're not believing that you can get contagion in that moment, you might not. Right. And mm -hmm. so there's more to the story than just a belief because I believe all kinds of things too, and they don't come true. So there's obviously more, more going on. There's more factors, but we do know that contagion doesn't work the way it should, the way they say it does by those experiments, obviously. And we also understand that unless the person is already degrading. So I'll see, so you'll see this with people who are infected, right? They have all kinds of infections. Well, at that point, they have so much damaged tissue and degrading tissue that they're basically um, breaking, their body's breaking down to go to death, to go toward death. And you'll see all kinds of different microbes in the body. Um, and you can find anything you're looking for as well in a lot of those people. Wow. Um, so that's where the nutrition is so far gone. It can't clean up properly. So that's where you get complications. And where, where a lot of people come in and say, well, how dare you say that? Because that's, you know, I took antibiotic, it saved my life, or I took, you know, I did the heroic medicine thing and it saved me. And now I'm a fan for life, you know, kind of thing. Um, but that happens because they don't understand that they were already to so far along in a disease process, they were breaking things down and they were, their body was trying to mount the expression and they would heal equally well. If someone gave them say IV vitamin C, for example, or whatever nutritional losses they had um, endured, they put that back, the body would have been able to do it on its own and heal properly rather than give the illusion that it's gone with the magic pills that wipe out everything and stop the healing process. And now you're cured, right? But it's just deferred because later it'll come back again. And you see this all the time with cortisone shots and antibiotics. It's always a repeater thing. Just give it time. And the mind doesn't seem to want to make the correlations, <laughs> even with the shots, they don't seem to make the relationship between get the shot two weeks later, have a heart attack, die, you know, get the shot two weeks, three weeks later, have a gallbladder attack, you know, they don't seem to be able to make the correlations. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not easy when we're getting to another level of thinking and amidst a long, you know, brainwashing that has gone from, basically when we were little kids, you know, all the way through to now, it's not, it's not necessarily easy. And the other issue is when you come into a new truth, you know, when you realize something's a lie and you come into the truth, 
you more so know what the lie is rather than what the truth is, because you can, you can feel what the lie is, you know what it's not, but because the truth hasn't been supported and it's, or it's suppressed or censored, you don't have all the answers. So then people come to you and they're like, well, how do you explain this? Or how do you explain that? Or what about this? And it's like, we don't actually know because we haven't been allowed to know. And we haven't been given the tools and resources and billions of dollars to do the studies to know, yeah. right? So it, it's not a good argument tactic for people to say, well, unless you know how it all works, then you're wrong. Well, no, it's just we know how it definitely doesn't work. And we're working towards figuring out how it does. But one thing we know is that the body is brilliant. It, it knows what it's doing. It requires biochemical nutrition in order to function. It requires bioelectrical knowledge in order to communicate, and it needs to get rid of toxins, waste, dead tissue, and anything accumulatory in the system in order for it to do all of those things and function properly. And if you, if you use that knowledge base into any disease state, you will get a result that is positive. If you start applying suppressions and stop what the body is doing in its brilliance, then you might buy time or give the illusion of a cure, but that's a, a, a shortening of the lifespan. Um, and it's not really uh, working with nature and working with what the body's trying to do. So we can simplify things as we get to truth. Maybe we don't need to know all the answers, do we? I mean, mm. is, that, is that important? Maybe it is. Maybe we need to be all in our heads and we need to figure it out like that. Or we could have a knowing, or we could get to that place where we have that instantaneous knowing, and we don't need to do all of this annoying science and torture animals and vivisection and all this mm. kind of stuff, right? In order to know truth. And, and that's where we need to, to get to. And that, again, has a faith element to it as well. So it's always going to be a test of faith. True. And along the same lines, speaking of the, the devil's juice, um, have you changed your mind? I, I don't remember. I think I, I had seen you kind of like go back and forth on the whole shedding thing, um, mm -hmm. knowing what we know about what's in the, the devil's juice. Um, do you think there's any danger of, of shedding or resonating to other people? I, I have been, you know, pretty adamant about, I, I personally don't really believe in it, but what do I know? Um, and I think, I don't know. It's just, so, it's such a dangerous, like, idea to put out there that in, people jump on the, the you know the bandwagon so so fast and so hard and they don't want to touch other people and they don't want to be around other people mm -hmm. what's your what's your take on that whole thing is there any cause of alarm there uh it seems like well first of all there can't be a spike protein from a virus that doesn't exist so we know that can't be right. real now, when they're talking a spike, are they looking on a spectrometer and they're just seeing a spike in certain kinds of proteins being made from the shot from causing rapid inflammation and cell death? Um, okay, we call that a spike, but we have to be careful in the terminology and, and, and what we're actually saying when we're, we're just throwing words out, you know, and I was trying to figure out from their standpoint, you know, okay, these are glycoproteins they're talking about. So look, can... Could we have, you know, glycoproteins being produced in the body as a reaction? And could that, you know, be pushed out of the skin? And could that then 
trigger some sort of histamine response or or other type of response in somebody else. And I really was trying, what I was trying to do is, you know, when somebody presents with information, let's see if it's true. Let's see if we can prove it. Let's see, let's go through it. Let's believe it. Okay. Sight unseen. And now let's try to prove it. I've done this with all kinds of things in my, in my reality, because I don't want to be go in biased. So, but I couldn't, I, it fell apart. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. It, they're too big of a protein. Um, why would another protein on a person make another person sick? Then we'd have all kinds of weird proteinaceous diseases that would do that. Right. So that just doesn't make sense. So that I threw that away. Um, but I left up my thought process because I think it's important that people understand it's okay. To, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to be wrong. And it's okay to be pulled into an idea for a while and to, to entertain it. It's totally fine. That's a thought process. Sure. And then you go, mm, wait a second. I did this, you know, research, or I, I broke this down and it's just not holding water, you know, or I slept on it and it doesn't sit right with me. Something's off. Right. So go through your process and trust yourself. But then I was trying to see, well, I'm getting all these reports of people who are miscarrying or having bleeding disorders of being around someone who just got it. And you can't discount people's, you know, expressions. So there's something to it you know, aside from they believe or there's a fear. So we, there's going to be a proportion of people who will froth themselves into <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> but I actually had a family member experience it. And so it was very close to home and her period got thrown way off uh, course. Uh, she was in menopause and really done her cycles. It brought everything back. And it was really because all her coworkers were, had it and not her. And she was very ill from it. And also her partner got the shots and she didn't. And she's had terrible, terrible, unrelenting skin rash um, that just she can't seem to get um, healed. And so something is happening to these people that's affecting other people on some level. So was she worried about it, though? No, because she didn't believe that it was a problem like she made her personal choice not to but she didn't judge other people for doing it she just thought i'm not comfortable with it i it's an experiment and my family hasn't done it um and and you know i'm not i don't want to or i want to wait you know and everyone else around her had but she wasn't really judging it like that and she wasn't you know the person who's like thinks vaccines are bad either so um, so that was an interesting study for her, like to watch what she went through and she was, she couldn't figure it out. She was like, well, maybe it's my biking, you know, material, or like, maybe it's some, what, what could it be? And all of this sort of So, but what it came down to for me, at least is we were hearing reports of people who were either magnetic or, or becoming magnetic. Um, or, or the opposite becoming electromagnetically radiating, like radiating out a field so that if a meter came near them, they would read like almost like how your, how your, um, your smart meter would, would read off the charts. Right. I saw some of those videos. Yeah. So we had to question that too. Right. And we don't have hardcore evidence. So everything is suspect, but still something's happened at that point. Um, where people are reacting to the other person. And I think if we were doing proper science and we were reading their energy fields and their, and, and their, their like radiation, like, you know, when someone gets chemo, they say, stay away from those people because they're, they're off gassing and they're toxic and you can become sick from, from them. Oh, I almost God. think it's like, think of it like that, like having 
not a shot having a chemo event. Yeah, it's exactly like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can become radioactive from some of these things as well. And and you know, if you just go around someone, your nose starts bleeding. That's that's a radioactive um you know, ble- bleeding disorders is a, is exposure to radiation is uh, well documented. So to me, that was where I kind of went to. But assuming it. assuming that's happening, wouldn't the, the host have to be gravely ill at the very least in order to pass on any kind of harm to somebody else? Because that's the thing. I mean, if we're if we're saying that people are radioactive, you know, they would have to be first and foremost affected, you know, the worst. Well, unless the, that individual has a different terrain set up or different nutritional status or different stress level, and there's all kinds of factors that make you vulnerable to something. Some people can tolerate one thing, but another can't. And mm-hmm. so those who are more sensitive or maybe hormonally different or pregnant or other types of situations. Um, and and I, another way I was explaining it was through pheromones and pheromone signaling. That seemed also to be uh, be logical way of, of transmitting something that would affect another um, uh, negatively. And especially when it comes to, to blood, you know, affecting the blood, to, mm-hmm. the hormones uh, would, would, could do that. So that was another uh, avenue of research I was looking at when I, when I kind of was interested in, in sorting it out, at least for myself and other people who were, were asking. But now it doesn't seem to be a topic of, of interest if you notice, like people aren't yeah. really concerned about it or talking about it anymore. Um, True. So maybe it was just the first shots that were doing it and not the second, or um, maybe the, the wave, like when, you, you know, Arthur Furstenberg talks about it as an adaptation. So maybe there's a field adaptation that's taken place. So it's not affecting the same way, you know, the, Again, there's when you come into truth, there's more questions than answers. <laughs> yeah. You just know something's off, and something, some, some, a phenomenon has been happening. And um, there's many ways that we could try to explain it. And I got, I got away from needing to explain it anymore. Like I, I, I think part of me was like thinking that I, again, as a rescuer habit, I have to make sure people know, you know, what it is, and it's my duty as someone who can read research papers and present that I should do that. And then I said, well, okay, I think I'm doing that bad habit again. And it, it, what matters most is that we walk away from the evil and we start to, you know, get ourselves back to our folk remedies, our home remedies, self-reliance and, um, and collaborations with others who are awake and aware so that we can um, build our new systems and, and, and build what we've always wanted and, and just stop becoming um, victims of, of the, the entire thing, um, all of it. And if you believe strongly enough too, you could overcome an exposure. So if you really believed strongly in your heart that you're protected by God, that you would not be harmed by these, these things and so forth, and that's resolute in you, then I don't think that it would affect you or as much, you know, as someone who is stressed, worried, um, vibrationally low, you know, vulnerable in that regard. So um, it's, it's still a big question mark, ultimately, right? right? We don't really have, because they won't do that science, the they, right? right. <laughs> they won't, which is, or maybe they have, but, you know, because of their own curiosity, but they'll never, they'll never let that out. <laughs> 
That's the main thing. You know, we need to have uh, these discussions and, and do the research on all this stuff and, and, you know, not just stay within like the materialist science of everything. I think we'll discover a lot more about how we work. And it's a shame that we're not allowed to do that. Um, yeah. Almost done. I want to be respectful of your time, but I have a couple more uh, things if, if you're okay um, mm-hmm. from, from people within my group who wanted to know. Um, somebody asked, um, best practices for daily life, top five supplements. Mm. Um, yeah. And somebody asked about good sleep, um, as far as like connection to 5g and shungite, all that stuff. Any Mm. tips? Well, I mean, obviously it's going to be that like your diet and lifestyle factors have to be addressed. You can take all the supplements in the world, but you know, if you're not addressing some of your core things, they're only going to get you by for a little while, mm-hmm. um, ultimately. So one of the the most important ones, and I speak of a lot, is magnesium. Because in our world, our soils are very deficient. And in order for our livers to keep up with the demand of all the wastes and toxins and poisons that we're exposed to, we're upregulating our magnesium needs incredibly and they are catalysts for our liver. So we have basically seven main elimination routes in the liver. I actually did a, a video explaining each one of these uh, elimination routes. And it and magnesium is the rate limiter step, meaning that if you're deficient in it, you are now congested um, in your detox processes. So a topical, I, I recommend a combination of topical and internal. Uh, internal to help with sleep, to take before bed to, to help with sleep and to help with the gut needs um, directly. Uh, and also I like the magnesium bisglycinate for that. And the topical uh, magnesium chloride uh, or magnesium chloride hexahydrate, which is a little more of the pharma grade, um, but it's less itchy if people are bothered by it. Um, they can use you know seven to ten sprays on the skin twice a day, morning and night. Is you'll get a good amount of it, and also you can take Epsom salt baths as well, uh, but you're not going to take them twice a day, so it's not reasonable. But you you will get a decent amount of um, magnesium through the skin uh, through through salt baths as well. So that's uh, very important. I I always uh, support the minerals. Um, Minerals are, are we're, we're very low in minerals. Um, we talk about vitamins a lot, but it's a mineral deficiency that's also very chronic. Uh, I like the tissue salts for getting the minerals sorted out, either the melange, which is all 12 biochemical tissue salts that should be taken on a regular basis. And I just posted on my Instagram page on my amanda.d.v1, because I've had to like make up new ones. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I can't use my full name anywhere. Um, the, I just posted George W. Carey's um, astrological tissue salt chart and those, um, so it'll guide you to the correct ones for your body type. Um, but the melange is a good place to start and make sure you're not in an intracellular biochemical mineral deficiency. Um, and those can be taken on and off, you know, as needed. And, um, and just in general, having a, like a, like a, a shilajit or a, some sort of a mineral um, input into your, your lifestyle is going to help make sure that you're not um, out of balance of any of the more subtle um, trace minerals as well. 
So that's really important. I can't actually, I sold out of my, I have this one trace mineral I really like and it's sold out and it's been really hard to get product. They've been really restricting a lot of products and mm. um, it's been a different way of, you know, as a, someone who has a larger business now and like in trying to prepare and order things and get things has been more and more tricky. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been able to refill that one, but, but the tissue salts at least are back in stock and that's very helpful. Um, I really vitamin C uh, just, you know, fruit, eating fruit and, and getting your vitamin C through your food as, as much as you can, acerola, cherry. I mean, there's all kinds of different um, high quality vitamin C, you know, uh, goji berry has a lot of it. Like there's even wild, you know, if you learn how to forage in the wild, you can get, you know, your that's where that pine needle tea came from, by the way, you know, everyone was like pine yeah. needle tea will protect you from convid. Well, it's like, <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's vitamin C and it's, it's a good yeah. source of it, you know, and it's tree medicine. And well, they know, were saying it was like a detox for the shots even. Well, but think about it. Like, yes, you've been poisoned, right? You want to upregulate your releases and you need enough vitamin C to do that. And, you know, your white blood cells, by the way, are just full of vitamin C, full of it. So, so, you know, when your white blood cells are, are coming to, to do work, vitamin C is part of that system. Um, and, 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 full of it for like <laughs> the white blood cells. So, you know, there's something to be said about all the different roles that vitamin C plays in the body. And there's many. And so I like the ones that are called the heavy hitters that will do multiple systems. Um, making sure that you have enough um, iodine and as well as selenium, I'm really finding a lot of people, especially with cancers are just tanked in their selenium. Um, it's, it can be the thing that why they have cancer is they don't have enough selenium. That's it. That's the only thing. And that's their deficiency. So, um, so check selenium levels or just, you know, be proactive on, on the selenium levels and the iodine levels for the endocrine system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really also support um, good fats, like good, healthy, balanced fats, um, making sure that because your brain uses a lot of fuel and fat. So either omega-3 um, fat. I like to use um, chia seeds, um, hemp hearts. Uh, make sure you're getting something that has, uh, you know, whether you like fish oil or you're vegan or wherever you're at, you can, there's lots of different sources of an omega-3. Um, I, I'll just sometimes go for the cod liver oil for a while because it's the liver. It's a liver support. It's um, got usually fortified with vitamin A and D, which we're both, you know, is also on my list where we're very deficient. Um, and, and you get your omega threes, you get kind of all together. So that's a good one as, as far as, as, um, just making sure you take it on a full stomach or with food, um, and zinc, you know, zinc, I mean, this whole story, this whole hydroxychloroquine and all this kind of ivermectin bull crap, you don't need another drug. You just don't. Okay. You never, ever, ever need it. There's, there's a way to, to balance the body properly and it's not coming from a pharma drug. So, um, you know, zinc is going to assist with your hormone modulation and is going to support your gut terrain and health um, and is, uh, has so many different uh, cofactor reactions in the body. Again, it, it, it's everywhere. I mean, if you look at the biochemical map of how the body is interacting, zinc comes in in a lot of places, again, as um, uh, gate, you know, you know, openers of cell gates and removal of wastes and tissue repair, same thing with vitamin C, tissue repair, the faster you can 
recover the tissue, the less complications you're going to have. So, you know, th those are always, I always look at all those statuses when I'm assessing, you know, someone or, or, you know, trying to get, they don't know where to start or they don't, they've never taken supplements or they don't know what's valuable. Make sure you always have those things, you know, in your, in your medicine cabinet, because you'll use them here and there. Same thing with women trying to get pregnant, you need enough zinc, you know, you, or men who have prostate problems, you know, you have to be taking enough zinc or get enough zinc. Um, you can try to get through eggs and, you know, um, sardines and these types of foods as well will have it. So you can always try to look for your vitamin needs through the food sources. And so you can look up, you know, what has the most zinc and vitamin C and, and then try to see if you can get those foods more into your lifestyle, but then look at your gut and make sure you're actually absorbing properly and make sure that your liver is not congested or you won't get the, the needs met because you're not going to absorb and assimilate that properly. And that's why I like DMSO so much is because you can yes. actually mix the DMSO with the vitamins. I actually make a blend. It's called DMSO with added nutrients. And I put, um, you know, vitamin C and MSM sulfur and iodine, all these things in it, B vitamins, and it'll absorb through the skin. So you'll get it right into the bloodstream and the body will be able to utilize it from there rather than going through the enteric system and having to be assimilated through the gut. Uh, which can be touch and go depending on that person's stress level and inflammatory condition. And I mean, they, our guts are messed up from all kinds of things, mainly these GMO foods and all the pesticides that, and the fluoride and the things that we're, we shouldn't be putting in our guts. Um, and then also the stress from the adrenals causing, um, you know, the shutdown of the blood flow to, to the gut to, to take the food away. So never eat stressed you know, always take two or three deep breaths before you're going to eat a meal. Make sure you're relaxed. Shouldn't be on devices. You shouldn't have your mind like firing all over the place when you're eating because you'll absorb better if, you, if you're calm and rested and, and in, a, in an, a space to actually assimilate the food. Um, so there's all of those lifestyle behaviors that are also really important. I was just actually going to ask you about DMSO though, because I, I've been so curious about it. I discovered it last year. My like my girlfriend's been rubbing it on my. I have like a neck back injury, um, mm -hmm. and um, but she's terrified of it because it says like, oh, this is a solvent or whatever, like on the bottle, and she's like, no, you can't, like you can't eat that, like don't, you know, are you sure I should use this? <laughs> like she's absolutely terrified of it. And I'm like, no, like somebody actually like wrote a book on this, like it, it's okay. <laughs> Well, you can tell her also water is a solvent too. So <laughs> true. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't know. I, I sucked her into this life and she's still learning. But uh, I mean, I don't know much about it either. So I've been really curious about it. But um, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of really good use for it. Yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just like a, with anything, you, you want to use it properly. You want to have good practices and you want to understand the substance, right? You don't want to go in blind. You want to right. know what you're doing and why, just like with anything. I mean, if you took a whole bottle of zinc supplements, you'd be vomiting. You know, that's not the right dose. It's not the right way of doing it. So hmm. with DMSO, you just have to understand its properties and that it's when it's in its pure state, it's very strong and that it wants to open up the cells and, and dive in. Right. So you're going to have maybe some itching and burning or tingling or whatever when you use it. Or even if you use it pure, you can get hives because it really affects the skin. And it, in my book, I describe that there's three different ways that it bypasses the skin layers, which is a very unique process. 
because um, usually anything that's transdermal will have one or two ways of, of bypassing skin, um, but this is three ways of getting in. So it's determined <laughs> to get in and it also will carry. So it's not just on its own. It will carry certain things like a Sherpa, you know, with all these things on its back and it'll and if it's really, really, really a heavy molecule, it can only squeeze in a little bit. So for example, you know, a lot of essential oils, some of them are big molecules. And so you might, you might get in some, and then some are just sitting on the skin and that might, you know, irritate the skin. So you have to know what you're combining it with and the percentages. And that's why I wrote the book is so it's a layperson's guide to understanding how to use it safely so that you can go into confident and you know what you're doing. So you're not afraid that you're going to do something terrible or you, know, <laughs> you don't want to put it like 199.995% in your eye. It's not yeah. really the, the best practice for using it like that, you know, right. um, you want to dilute it properly and have it in the right solution. So that that's really, it's just about the knowledge and, the, and the, with the knowledge comes the confidence. So. Very cool. Okay, well, I could talk to you forever, but I've, I've taken up enough of your time. But um, I guess to, to close things up, how, where can people find you? Well, I have, um, uh, you know, I'm pretty shadow banned, and I'm still around on Facebook and those some of those institutions, because at least I can get some reach. Um, but uh, my yummy.doctor, Y-U-M-M-Y dot D-O-C-T-O-R, that is, um, that's the do- domain. Um, and that's where my videos are, um, and my blog articles. And so once I get to my protocols and uh, memberships and other things that are coming there, then there'll be a lot more information and, and teaching and, and courses and stuff. I'll be, so it's good if you register there because then when, when I'm ready, then you'll get a notification when that's happening. Um, and then my store is yum, Y-U-M naturals, which is plural dot store, and, you, you know, I make all kinds of products, so they're all uh, available. I make DMSO blends and skincare and so forth, and then supplements and, and everything's there as well. Uh, and then for my book, or just interested in, in understanding, you know, what the book is about, uh, healingwithdmso.com uh, is, is that, that website, which you can also get on the Yum Natural site. You can get the book there too. And then my Telegram groups are a good place to share and have, you know, uncensored discussion um, and healthy dose of truth is one of my groups. Um, and then my name, Amanda Vollmer and yum naturals is, is, um, the main, so you know how it is in telegram where you have like a main one, then you have a comments, uh, yeah. group. So they, it shoots off into healthy dose of truth. And then for those who want, we didn't talk about any legal remedies and that sort of stuff, but I do have a, uh, lawful legal templates group, uh, called H D O T. So it's, it's healthy dose of truth, but the acronym, um, underscore templates. And that's if you need, you know, employer letters, or you want to sue someone or you need to, you know, you stand up for your rights. And then Yeah, you got some great templates. I've passed some of those along. Yeah, there's a lot of really good resources in there as well. And then if those people are just local to Ontario, I have an Ontario Awake uh, resource group as well for because I really believe that we need to collaborate with people on the ground that we can see face to face and um, have, you know, support if if something happens, if they're, they do shut off services for anything or, or food, you know, food starts to dry up and gas starts to dry up and other resources. So we need to uh, collaborate with, with others who are with, with it and awake and have also resources. So that's what that's for. Yes. That's what it's all about. 
Okay, well, thank you so much for spending the time uh, to talk to me. I really enjoyed the conversation. It's been great. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Thanks for sure. uh, for all the great questions. And, you know, I hope that your listeners, you know, got a little bit of, of information and just some ideas, you know, because it's it's just opening the mind and allowing for new flow of information is is part of this exercise of why we have these conversations is so that people can feel more comfortable with exploring those things and you know being okay with being you know maybe judged for the for that like standing up for themselves and you know being okay with being wrong or making a mistake or having a belief that was one way and now you change your mind and it's this way and that's okay because that's how we learn and grow and you know we make mistakes to learn and grow i say that to my child all the time mm-hmm. you know you make mistakes because you're going to master that right so yeah. so just to allow for, for that good kind of um energy i really appreciate it so thank you thank you absolutely. so much absolutely thanks for putting it out there yeah you're welcome The information presented in this program is not intended as legal, health, or nutritional advice. It is provided for informational purposes only. Alighton does not endorse nor accept responsibility for any statements, views, or opinions expressed by its guests.